No, it's in the main no, chat. It was in the main chat. Yeah. Uh, I was like, where? Like, he... Uh, I'll give you the gist of it. I, I have. Uh, let's see. So many theories. No, that's before the discussion. I mean, you can give me a gist. I'm, I'm going to read it over. Oh, oh, God, that's a long question, if that's what he's asking. Yeah, it's all about, you know, Tyr uh, and Fenrir, basically... Tyr being destined to kill Odin, bring destruction to the world at Ragnarok. But to be honest, I honestly feel sorry for him. Fenrir was not an animal like his little brother, Jormagandr, but a wolf who could think and talk like the gods who took him into their hall and all of the gods. So he was feeling bad. And, you know, the whole thing of if Odin were to befriend Fenrir, would not end up eating okay and this is this is a very common sympathizing question we get honestly i've seen this like a thousand times on well if we chose love there wouldn't be violence like bitch first of all yeah and secondly uh (laughs) so yes i mean i believe there is a a kernel of truth in the self-fulfilling prophecies of you know, violence becomes violence and so on and so we forth. start this? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. you oh God, okay. No, I believe violence begins violence to a certain degree of like self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, I'm gonna hurt this person to prevent them hurting me, and later they're like, I'm gonna fuck you up. So that makes sense to me. Um, now, in this sense, it's a anyway, very... Hold on, on that note, Welcome to the New Upsala podcast. <laughs> Good introduction, guys. We nailed that one. <laughs> hey, it, it, that it just had to we're, be, you know, somewhere in here. Yeah. Where violence, begets, where violence begets violence or whatever. <laughs> Yay, heathens. Aren't we great? <laughs> anyway. Uh, no, I, I believe to a certain degree, things could have been less severe than they were. However, you look in the sense that, okay, let's say Odin befriends or doesn't... Uh, it wasn't even Odin the trick Fenrir, it was Tyr. So let's get off that high horse already, Paul Sletnir. So uh, Tyr and Born tricked him. That's why his horn gone. There's proof, right? No. So you, you don't think Tyr is the one that tricked Fenrir? Nope. I think it was both of them, and I, I can explain why, but I want all of us to explain Okay. I'll be quiet. We're going to round robin this shit. All right. Rain Raven, if you, I don't care who, we can, we can rock, paper, scissors. And no, no, go ahead, White Wolf. Pretty sure. Okay. Okay. So I don't want to make it as long and as drawn out as I know it's going to be. Um, okay. So my theory, right? I don't think Odin's the one that tricked him. Obviously, he set up the, the whole dilemma, right? He set stage, built it to have this production experience. Like, he made it happen. Um, Tyr's the one that decided to take it upon himself to forfeit himself to convince the wolf to do these things, right? He wouldn't have done it. It was refusing to do so until Tyr, the most honorable or just, said, I will do this in this namesake or the honorable sake of my hand. If you get caught, you can cut my hand or buy my hand off. Fenrir being like, dope, this guy's legit, let's do that. So he wronged him. Now, even if Odin was befriending or didn't do any of these things and was still like kind and nurturing towards Fenrir, 
you would still have to look at Fenrir's family, his genealogical concept, right? Even if they were best friends. And Od- or Loki, his father, took up arms against Odin. What side do you think Fenrir would have chosen in his own free will? That being said, Odin and Loki are blood brothers, and who took up whose arms against whose free will? So you're still dealing with the concept of nurturing over nature. The nature will come as family. The nurturing will fall to the wayside if your father takes up arms against another man, and you have no reason to back him other than he gave you a fucking candy bar and gave you a place to live. If someone wrongs your father so wrongly in your family that you then were like, hey, let's do this, this, and this, you're going to take up arms. It doesn't matter how nice he was. It doesn't matter who it was. We can look at the pros, Eddas, the poetic Eddas, how many times were fathers betrayed or sons betrayed by their father? Like, it takes this certain sense of morality of them saying, I support my family over I support myself. Like, I will sacrifice myself for my family. And I think Fenrir, regardless of the nurturing nature or the interesting thing that happened of them being tricked and being bound, Odin taking up arms against Loki or vice versa, Fenrir would have taken up sides on his family's sake. That's my theory. Okay. Rain Raven, do you want to rock, paper, scissors for this or? No, go ahead. I like to be the middleman. You know, hear from, you know, Tyr was the person that tricked Fenrir. No, Odin was. All right, they both were. So, all right, I'm going to throw a wrench in that whole idea right there. Because I believe it was the entire host of the Aesir that tricked Fenrir. And Tyr was the only one that realized that was the unjust thing to do. So the way that I remember this story from my readings is obviously to recount the story just a little bit so everybody knows what the hell we're talking about. Um, Fenrir, Loki, yeah, <laughs> we're just like ranting about shit and people are like, what are the idiots talking? Um, so the Binding of Fenrir, um, it was attempted three times. The first two times it was by chains made by dwarves. Or one chain was made by the Aesir, one chain was made by dwarves, but those weren't working. They Fenrir snapped them off, and it was put to him as a game. Let's see how strong you are, oh great Fenrir, blah, 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 whatever. Um, by that third time, obviously, they were starting to, the Aesir were starting to get slightly afraid that there wasn't a binding that would work, ever. So on that third time, they went to the dwarves, and the dwarves said, fine, we can make you this chain, but the things we need are impossible to get. The footsteps of a cat, the breath of a fish, the roots of a mountain. Um, the beard of a woman. The beard of a woman, the spittle of a bird. What was the last one? The snooze of the bear. Of a bear. So all of these things that were impossible to use, so the sinews of a bear, if there's any bear hunters out there, they are so short and teeny tiny that they're impossible to bind into anything. Yeah, we already have answers to this. Just, um, it's just a, a snoo is a tendon. Oh, yes, that too. Um, but anyways, they were things that were impossible, like the spittle of a bird and birds have no spit. Now, some people attribute birds having no spit and cats having no sound of their footsteps 
as the Aesir found these things and took these things away. Some people just say that they never existed to begin with, so it was an impossible task that only the gods could complete. Um, and then Fenrir was bound with two lodestones tied around this rope, or this chain, if you will, that was depicted more as a ribbon than yeah, anything a, else. A silken ribbon. Yeah, a silken ribbon. Um, and he was bound by that, but before that would happen, before he decided to let them test it, because this was the third time, Fenrir started to get worried and went on to say, okay, okay, I'll do this, but one of you, I don't care which one, is going to put your hand in my mouth, and if you do not free me, if I should not be able to get out, then I'm taking the hand with me. And Tyr was the only one that stepped up and said, fine, I'll do it. Um, so that's, I don't believe, so there's the story. Um, and eventually, obviously, Fenrir gets bound and Tyr's hand gets bitten. So I personally do not believe that Tyr was the one that deceived him. I think Tyr was the one that understood what that was. It was going to happen regardless, and the only way they were going to do it without a fight is for him to lose that hand. Tyr knew before it was ever going to happen that it was going to work. There was no chance of him walking away without his hand, or with his hand. So he knew beforehand, and still willingly put his hand in Fenrir's mouth. So that's where I don't think Tyr was the one that deceived him, and honestly, I don't think he was deceived except for the subtle lie of oh yeah we'll free you sure yeah we'll we'll do that which then obviously was not true but here was not the one that deceived him and said fine i'll do it i'll put my hand in your mouth he was the only one that gave justice to it now i'm not trying to say that neither of them deceived them i'm saying here was the bait and switch but the question was or the the subject was if Odin nurtured him, right. will it has been eaten by Ragnarok? Now, I was just telling the story and expressing my feelings towards it. Now, let me get into this. The Grimnismal, another story in the Poetic Edda, which talks about nurture versus nature and nurture versus the warrior. Odin probably learned that lesson a little bit too late, as it describes in the Grimnismal, of raising someone on warrior spirit alone and having no nurturing nature to it with King, what was his name? Agnar, no. Which one was it? Do, 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 do. Uh, is it Grimness Mall? I thought it was a Grimness Mall, was it not? Yeah. Uh, Agnar and Geroth. And Geroth. So King Geroth was the one that was raised by Odin and taught only the warrior spirit. And to be a good king, you had to be strong and powerful and not give anything to anyone. Frigg, on the other hand, had a totally different approach and taught people kindness and gentleness and had that side of it. Now, in the beginning of the story, Geralt kills his brother Agnar, who was too soft in his opinion. And then allegedly. Oh, allegedly. Sure, allegedly. Fuck off. Um... But then Geralt has another child and names him after his dead brother, Agnar. Odin visits the hall, finds out that Geralt is a prick, and sticks him between two fires and for an extended amount of time. Go read the story. I'm not telling you all of it. I'm just giving you a synopsis. Um, but then his son, Agnar, is the one that offers kindness and gives him water, which then Odin 
foresees the death of Gareth immediately after. Uh, he so. calls it step by step to his demise five seconds later. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but that was the story of nature versus nurture. So now, obviously, that story timelines are nothing, but we believe Fenrir was bound before mankind really propagated and was around around, at least to a point. Um, so Odin may have learned this lesson a little late, and it didn't help with Fenrir. But in reality, I think if Odin had taken that CRS's prophecy and kind of went, okay, there's got to be another way to fix this rather than just chaining the dog to the backyard and not letting him around people and forcing him to sit there and strain against his own. If he would have thought of a different way, maybe teaching instead of chaining and helping instead of fighting and pushing back, I don't think it would have turned out the way that it did. But self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's really what this one was, and the CRS saw that for what it was and called it. So you don't think Fenrir would eat Odin Ragnarok if Odin was nice to Fenrir? I believe things would have happened very differently. Yes. I do not believe things would have unfolded the way that they did had Odin taken this prophecy and attempted to change it in a positive manner rather than in his natural manner of doing things. But the natural of manner of Fenris family is chaos and strife. Hell is not chaos and strife. Not once does it mention that she she welcomes, she welcomes all with open arms, but she is half dead. That is chaos and common. Why is that bad? I didn't say it was bad. I just said it's chaos. Why? Because it's life and death in one form. That's a natural. It's in, in existence, it's contradicting to itself. It's mm. a self rotting corpse with rejuvenation. It's necrosis with healing. Yeah. In its nature, it is chaotic and contradictory to its own state. Odin being alive again after he hung on the tree is contrary to a natural state. He never died. Yeah, it's never said that he died. He just hung there. Now, if he if he ate an apple and then, you know, he could still feel the pain, you know, it's not stated that, you know, you know, if you eat the apple of a dune, that you're not going to feel any pain. No, you still feel pain. It's just you don't die. There are many contradictory things within our lore that go against the natural course of things, is my point. Much like Fenrir betraying his family line. I mean, also, you know, apples, eating an apple, you get to live for an extended period of time. And fuck apples. What do you think, Rain Raven? So... I think when it comes, I think both of you are right and both of you are wrong. So my political answer, my from my research and you know back when I was reading it, Tyr was raising Fenrir as a pup, and you know they had their love, they had their um, you know bond between animal and man. Um, that's why you know I believe if you try to worship, like, uh, get a better relationship with your animal, do tear. 
because he built a relationship with a a wolf that was foreseen to kill everyone. But anyways, um, so he was building the relationship with Fenrir. Odin was getting worried about how big he was getting, and because of what he knew with within the Vulaspa, he foresaw this is the wolf that's gonna kill me. Okay, I'm gonna prevent it because he's trying to self-preservation himself, and you know he tries to bind him, doesn't end up working, and on the third one because each one got considerably tougher. It was like nothing, semi, and then impossible. That's how it could be uh, described. So on the first semi, oh wait. So on the last one, Fenrir, because on the second one, he was like, wow, that one was really tough. All right. So then, because the first one was super easy, second one, he had a little bit of uh, effort he had to put in. So on the third one, he, Fenrir decided to bring some insurance. All right. I want someone to put my hand, uh, their hand in my mouth. It, just in case if I, you know, if you don't, if I can't break free and you won't let me set me free, your hand is mine. Here, knowing about the whole plan beforehand of trying to bind Fenrir, um, and Tyr's trying to be loyal to his tribe, the Aesir tribe. That's why he willingly, you know, betrayed the trust of Fenrir to you know, when he got bind. Odin was the initial, like, yeah, we'll free you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tyr was, you know, the, the cherry on top. You're like, yes, we'll free you, because so far he was true to his word. But then it comes down to, you know, what oaths. You know, if your oath to your tribe versus oath to a friend. Which one would take precedent? Because you can't if you were to break one oath, which one would you pick? And Tyr picked to save his tribe oath. So now use that same logic and say, which oath would Fenrir follow? The oath to his tribe or the oath to his friend? And tell me he wouldn't still swallow Odin. Well, I'm not saying that everything was going to happen. I believe that the prophecy was going to happen regardless whether odin was being nice and eventually you know we're playing the what if game eventually someone pissed off fenrir he's like all right fuck you guys i'm gonna eat you all all right either way he's still gonna eat odin or you know eat a bunch of people it's just this was the way it went about in the end it was already going to be done this way. He was going to get... Fenrir was going to eat Odin. Vidar was going to take revenge by killing Fenrir. That's how it was going to happen. The, or, I'm sorry. Uh, Fenrir was the Cartman and, Oner, and Odin was the Kenny. Yeah. Screw you guys. I'm going home and oh my god, you killed Kenny. Yeah, literally it was... That was, you know, that was... This is my belief. It's... Whether it's going to happen, you know, the beginning and the end is set. Everything in between is, you know, subject to change. 
but Odin's going to get eaten by Fenrir regardless. It's like going from San Francisco to New York City. There's a billion other ways to get there. But you could fly, you could take a train, you could take 50 billion uh, roadways or something like that. But you're going to end up in Buffalo or New York or whatever I said. See, and I, I have a hard time with that. And this is argumentably what makes me unliked is... There's a being in the end, and people will find it determined, but then you all say, like, the middle ground's up to you. No, it's not. If if I'm destined to die one way, I could shoot myself in the head five times to end up the other way I'm supposed to die. Like, I don't believe that there is a determined fate. I don't think there is, this is the end, this is what's for you, fuck you, have a nice day, and that's where you end up. Because when people say, oh, yeah, the middle ground's up to you, if the middle ground is up to me and it's up to my determination of how it ends, that means there is no solid end, right? Like, if, if it's up to me to die at 30, but at 25, I take steroids and eat healthy or do what the fuck that is, uh, the, what is that little... Whatever. It's a little like brain matter from babies. Um, stem cells. And you like rejuvenate yourself and you become this thing and like you live to 35, but people are like, you're going to die at 30, but you're 35. And all of a sudden you're like, beat the game, motherfucker. Like there's no end point that's determined, in my opinion, sorry, in my opinion, there's no end point that's determined. Yes, you'll die. That's a hundred percent. Never going to not happen. The gods die. We die. Everything dies. But to say you will die this way or because of this or from whatever is impossible to state. To say the worlds have wo- have woven this web, and you start here and you end here per this tapestry. But this middle ground's up to you. No, it's not. If the if this is the end beginning and this is the end, that middle point doesn't fucking matter. So yeah. everything you do has no matter. You exactly. could murder a thousand people. You could fuck a thousand people. You could be a Buddhist monk the whole way, die the same way. Exactly. I think that gives me peace that we're... that gives zero free will. No, it gives absolute free will. It's how you want oh. to live your life, whether you want to live, you know, if you're prophesized to die and this is my uh belief state, if I'm destined to die at 55, you know, on my birthday at 55, do I try to be a good husband or do I just you know, fuck my family and, you know, live balls to the wall because I know I'm going to die at 55. But does it matter? No, it's... It's all about the quality of life, of how you want to live your life. That's where I come it down, or I bring it down. If if it's bound for your death to a degree, it doesn't matter how you live your life in that logic. Like, oh, I'm going to die at 55. At 54, you could live the best life ever, and then you could go on a killing spree that would make Hitler blush, because you're going to die next year anyway. That's all it is. So, now, I'm curious, then. Using your same logic, are you of the opinion that everything is faded every step of the way, Wolf? Is that what you're saying? No, I think nothing is fated except for death, but not how you die. Perfect. Then let's apply your own logic to this issue of Fenrir. If Odin had treated him better, 
and treated him as a friend is anything determined. The only thing that would be determined would be how you're raised against nature versus nurture, in my opinion, being what you chose, what we chose, what we said earlier, tribal versus friendship. But then now that to an individual, and if that were the case where in some capacity, Fenrir was like, nah, dad, Odin's cool. And then he's like, well, your brother's entrails are held, holding me down to a stone slab. I find a hard gray buffer where that's going to make sense. Okay. But still, by your own logic, that would have been a possibility. I'm not saying it's an impossibility. I'm saying Fenrir as a wolf would have chosen his pack over fucking food and, like, bait-and-switch tactic. Who's his pack? His family. Bullshit. His sister's in hell, his brother's in the sea, and Loki strapped to a rock. The only person that ever showed him true kindness was Tyr in the act of raising him and befriending him. That's the only person that showed Fenrir kindness at all. No, his sister is hell. His other brother was knocked out underwater, and his father was unjustly, in his opinion, or family opinion, bound by Odin, by his brother's entrails, who is only believed by his father's wife. So tell me that's a just logic in his mind. Okay, this comes down to timelines already, though. So we're, it, it's an inevitable conversation. Was Loki there at Fenrir's binding? Or was he already bound? Well, you just said he's bound. So what's the logic? Was he or wasn't he? Because if he wasn't bound, there's no reason to hate against him being bound. So you're talking about the, what each part of the family. Now, this is, this is how we run our lives. I agree with it entirely. This is where the family members run their lives. Okay. Loki. In case all y'all don't know or haven't read yet, Loki causes earthquakes in Midgard because the venom drips on his head. The reason we don't always have earthquakes is because his wife or paramour, or what you want to call it, holds a bull over his head to catch the drips of venom. Right? Now, he's bound to that stone by his son's entrails, the other wolf that was slaughtered by Odin. His Fenrir's sister, Hel, runs an entire hall or realm called Hel. His other brother, Jormungandr, was knocked unconscious by Thor, Odin's supposed son and or another Aesir. So now he's got Odin slaughtered his brother, another Aesir knocked out his brother, Odin banished hell to her hall and he's dealing with the other effect of the other Aesir treating him like a fucking circus clown so tell me what part of that in your life you wouldn't be like fuck this hold on I believe he would choose clan over or his, his family over his current living situation because it's been so wrong and adopted into a healthy household 
but that household damned his family to make him that way, to trick him into thinking that they are great because there's no alternative solution. Now you could say Loki did it to himself. He got punished oh, because Loki of did it to everyone. First of all, fuck yeah, that guy. He 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 got he was being punished for his actions. Now hell wasn't like damned or um you know tossed aside. In a way, you know, you could say she was honored. She got her own hall. She got her own you know her own um place to govern. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yormagonder, um you could say, you know, help hold Midgard together, you know, the gravity and all that jazz. There could be roles within all the siblings. The the three Jotun siblings, not the the other two from Loki's first marriage that got turned into wolves. One was tied or you was used to tie Loki. And now I was under the impression, and I can reread or re-research what I'm trying to prove, is that everything was peaceful, blah, 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 blah. Hell was born. The Aesir and the goddesses saw this undead half-alive baby and banished it out of Asgard because of its dysmorphia, its disgust, and its lack of... I mean, it's, it's contradicting life and death. It is this creature. It's like the exorcist of itself. And they sent it away and gave its own realm, basically to be like, fuck you, get away from me. Not to be like, your honor, here, have your own hall. It's more like, you're disgusting, and we don't want to look at you. I and mean, that's... That, that could have happened, you know. There's no way to say. I'm just saying there's a, a possible alternative. Um, I didn't say that she's... I mean, more open and welcome than any other god or goddess that exists. She welcomes open arms of everyone. Now, if she any were, if she was she, damned, would she be as open as she is now? Well, has or can she leave her realm? Not that I know of. Why not? Because no every other god and goddess, or Aesir, or Vanir, or whatever else, has left their realm. When has Hell ever left her realm? They each have transportation devices. So the, only, the only one that I know of is Nagfar. Right. Yeah, but that and one's that, all... That's chained up. So that transportation device is uh, null and void. Because there has to be prerequisites to release Nagfar. Is that... For her or for somebody else? For prophecy. The same prophecy we're talking about. Okay. So, if Hell is not banished, why can't she leave her realm and by whose authority? Who says she wants to leave her realm? Maybe she... Maybe, well, she ushers her father out of there with all of his army to go wreak havoc upon the realms. Yeah, so he can she can make her father happy. But she does she want to go fight? You know, not all goddess wants to fight. Sif, for example. Frigg. Like no. none of them want to those don't they wouldn't choose to fight. I see it as, you know, there was already 
people are already dying and um uh the fucking uh Odin. for lack of better reasoning i would say she's the fairy to usher the dead regardless because it's gonna happen right i'm not, I'm not trying to put you in a corner i'm saying like yeah. i'm trying to like be like they're gonna die so why not have somebody there to catch it yeah I see, I see that but i see it as she was you know she could you know be happier in hell instead of asgard oh yeah i mean i love making money i hate leaving my home to go to work exactly that so that's how i think you know odin you know being a, a snake with his tongue and you know a silver fox with it and be like hey so uh you don't really fit up here but you know you got these people down here that you know they don't have someone to worship they don't have someone to rule over them you feel you feel like you're up to the task help out uncle odin oh, all right so let me clarify something right there i was gonna say sigmund here sit on like 10 pounds of pudding let's see what he says <laughs> I am because I just dove through two different books and referenced a third, and I was like, oh, "Okay, um, one hell was thrown into Niflheim to rule to rule over nine worlds." Now that whole nine worlds thing that could be a Christian adaptation because that's mentioned in the Prozetta, nine hells and blah blah blah, whatever. Okay, we all know that the Prozetta was written by Sterling Sturluson, a Christian monk. Super cool, whatever. It's still a great source of knowledge. I'm going to use it anyway. Um, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, one. In the story of the Binding of Fenrir, Loki is never mentioned to have been seen during that process. Could he have been there? Sure. But in the words that are used, it doesn't seem likely because during this whole thing, um, a couple of lines say that the Aesir gathered together to play this game with Fenrir. And when Fenrir said, if you deny me, I said this certain things, and all of the Aesir laughed and joked about this. All right, so there's E1 that Loki probably wasn't there and not okay with his son being bound. So that would lead me to believe that Loki was already bound, or at least not there. But Thor is there, Tyr is there. Those are the two people that we know Loki goes out on adventures with, and obviously Odin's there. Yeah. So we have that. So Loki's probably not there. And in my massive assumption, make an ass out of you and me, whatever, don't care. Loki would already be bound. Okay. That would mean Fenrir knew his father was bound, knew his sister ruled over hell, the place, the woman. And Jormungandr was already a serpent that dripped venom and leaked poisonous gas out of his mouth. Okay, fuck that thing in its entirety and had no real cognitive thought from what we understand. Thanks, God of War, for giving the whole speech aspect to it. From what we understand, Loki, or Jormungandr never speaks. He just opens his mouth, poison gas falls out, and everybody dies. Um, so, one, during Fenrir's Binding, Loki is not mentioned, which means he could be there. And two, where was I going? Hell was thrown into Niflheim. Not... Here, go. If she wasn't like ushered out and into Niflheim, she was thrown by Odin into Niflheim. So she may have some bad blood in her mouth. Fenrir was the only one that was kept among the Aesir 
throughout this entire process. He was took in, here raised him, treated him as a friend, and communicated, and they worked together. So, in all reality, I would still believe that if treated correctly, Fenrir would not. Now, the third point that I want to make, okay? Third point that I want to make. Ragnarok is said to begin when Fenrir breaks his binding, Jormungand arrives out of the sea, and Garm breaks his leash, and Nagalfari sets sail with Loki on it. Okay. But in reality, Ragnarok, the true prophecy of Ragnarok, is certain. All of that middle ground is just for fucking funsies. Surtur is Ragnarok with the burning of everything and wiping the slate clean. All right. So, a thousand things, but first of all, you said the whole family was banished except for the one thing that could grow so large, so quickly, was the biggest threat. That's not love, that's a hostage. Is it? Or is he bound, or is he free to roam? Now he is. That's a hostage. He was originally free to roam. Until he got too big. Which made Odin piss his pants and then react unjustly to a creature or any of them. And made it a hostage. The other part is Ragnarok is the twilight of the gods, not the rise of Surt. Okay. The twilight of the gods is all or some or most of the gods dying because not all of the gods die. Correct. We know that. Yeah. So Surt is not Ragnarok. Surt is a big pile driving asshole. Fuck you. Bow on top of everyone's death. But. By the time Surt hits that field, how many other gods and goddesses are dead? Plenty. We can count. That we can we'll just say plenty because holy shit. So what, uh, what? And this is an argument. This is kind of something that sparked my interest. Is he Loki? In your defense, I don't believe Loki would have been here there because he would not have let that happen. Because Loki sees deception a mile away. Loki's perception is probably like 40 realms away, but whatever. So my thought was like, Heimdall wasn't there either. So what if this was a time where Heimdall and Loki were fighting over Singamon in another realm and or doing their own side tangent shit? Because as you mentioned, Thor, Odin, and I tear. I mean, like you said, they're, I mean, we can't say they're always together because that's stupid. That's like saying you're with your best friend every single day of every time you like. But it, without these key elements there, Perhaps when Loki stole over Singamon, ran away, Heimdall chased him. The only time Heimdall left his post has been to chase him out for that sense. And that's when all this happened. Now, that would have been the whole snowball effect of Loki's not there, but also he's not bound, all this crap. Um, but to have both those people not there, aware or present, or at least reacting, is like a telltale sign to me of like, I want to cross-reference how many times Heimdall, Loki, and all these, these people, or these gods, have not been at least in Asgard together at once. Because nine times out of ten, they're all there at once. Even when he stole, steals Brissingamon, they're all there at once. 
Like, it happens. So right. the fact that Loki wasn't there would mean Loki's gone. Now, Loki doesn't leave, you know, all willy-nilly, even though he's a chaos starter and whatever else, but he has agents of chaos to subdue people for him. Now, the only time he leaves Asgard, Heimdall is locked onto that guy. He's watching him every fucking second to jump or pounce. And so to have them both not there is suspicious to me for timeline's sake. And of course, timelines are irrelevant and whatever else. But to me, for them not to both be there and have this, this magnitude of betrayal happen where Loki didn't see it, didn't sense it, didn't know it for his own family, and Heimdall not being there to be like, oh shit, this is going down. I feel like that at the same time that he would have chased him into his mother's realms to chase him down for Versingamon and turned his seals. Right. You're safe. This is all bullshit, but this is like sparking my So we don't know if he's there or not. Go ahead, Rainer. So, you know, you of all people know, like, uh, Heimdall's sensory abilities. Just because he wasn't there doesn't mean he couldn't hear and he couldn't see what was going on. And right, but he wasn't there to defend Tyr, who he was a sworn sentinel of. But Tyr knowingly yeah, acknowledged. He willingly did it. I suppose self-sacrifice would take precedence over protection. But, yeah. you know, at the same time, you know, Odin was the chieftain of the Aesir gods. You know, Heimdall wasn't Aesir, but he was the protector. You know, he watched over. So you still believe that Odin was the orchestrator of all of the events leading to the binding of Fenrir that ultimately happened? He, I can prove that. He um, had, you know, he being the self-preservation person that he is, he was like, at the first part with all the, you know, being kind, you know, tear raising him, I see that as him being kind. Oh, he's still growing. He's still growing to that giant wolf that's prophesized. I'm going to try to stop that. That's when uh, the rope came into place. And that's when, you know, the whole binding thing happened. You know, maybe Odin thought being, you know, being nice, he wouldn't grow. Maybe it was, he thought anger would be uh Fenrir's growth. No, he's just naturally growing until he you know, I don't think he ever stops growing. There's no tell and tell time of where he stops growing because as far as I know, Glyphnir um grows with Fenrir. So it's always tight. It's never loose. Um but that goes Just because Heimdall wasn't there doesn't mean like he wasn't acknowledged. And Odin had, you know, he orchestrated, Tyr knew about it, and to hold his oath to his tribe, he broke his oath to Fenrir. Okay, so like a couple things, not to do shit. Um, I believe Heimdall, regardless of where he is, he doesn't need to be on the, he's not Odin. Odin is to sit on a throne or a seat to see the Nine Realms. Heimdall just does, right? 100%, I think, if he's in his mother's realm, beating the living tar out of Loki, making him into that sweet, sweet perfume you would call steel sweat and oil, 
he still sees that shit going down in Asgard, right? Now, that just means he can't react to it. What I'm trying to get is, like, you're saying, essentially, Odin would have had to coerce here to give up his hand for the sake of the Aesir, because Odin put on this facade and this charade of, or charade of, we, you can trust us, and Tyr was the only one that was like, I'm going to follow Odin's path and lose my hand, even though he was like the god of justice saying, or honor, and saying, no, this is honorable and just to do. So without Odin saying, we're going to put on this whole show, but I can't do it, but I know Tyr will, is Odin manipulating Tyr to lose his hand and in turn manipulating Fenrir to be bound? Or is this Tyr taking it on himself as the god that he is to do this act for the better good? So is it Tyr making the world or the, the realms better? Or is it Odin manipulating Tyr to make the realms better? Both. Okay. There's another there's another aspect to that one. Um, right. Does Tyr have a choice to disobey orders from Odin? Odin is the chieftain of the gods. Does Tyr even have the... I mean, I know he has the ability to, but would he disregard a direct order, order, order from Odin? Was he ordered by Odin? To go along with this? Probably. Well, it was... Odin would have, you know, he could have said it as, you know, this is to help all of us stay alive. And Fen or Tyr knowingly gave up his hand as a sacrifice to show his loyalty to Aesir, just no, as but, Odin like, gave up his eye for knowledge. But if these are could-haves, then why would the dwarves have bastioned something? They don't follow Odin. They're not they get contract by him. They get Trump contracted. Um, that's actually discussed in the pros, um, and it was actually Skirnir. Yes, the same Skirnir from the Skirnir's Mall that went to the dwarves to get this thing made. So yes, the dwarves got contracted to make it. So you believe the theory, I'm not saying you believe, the theory is that Tyr cannot or will not go against Odin's will. Now, think about Odin real closely, and think about Tyr real closely, and tell me, Tyr would not defy Odin. Yes. For the sake of Odin. Now, Fenrir eats nobody but Odin. He kills nothing but one thing, and then dies immediately afterwards. He does not do anything but swallow Odin whole. Not even kills him. Swallows him whole, mind you. And then he dies by his jaw getting ripped apart. So, for the sake of Odin, because of Odin, you think Tyr would be like, I got you, bro. Or he wouldn't be like, that's not just or honorable, because it's you for the sake of you. Yep, what? Yep, <laughs> Tyr couldn't or wouldn't defy him? 
for the sake of justice, honor, and bounship? Like, you're telling me he would let Ragnarok happen just so Odin can have an ego stroke? Like, okay, what? then, you know, def right. uh, defend your point as why did Tyr knowingly and giving, uh, freely give up his hand? Okay. So, one, look at the titles that are tossed around. Yes, Tyr, the god of justice, of honor, of all those things. Absolutely. Odin is the chieftain of the god and wisest among them all. Arguably. <laughs> Arguably. Allegedly. Um, I got you. I'm following. I'm following. Um, so, who do the Aesir take orders from? Who would they listen to? When they look for leadership, who do they go to? Odin. Almost across the board, always. Odin is that, he is their king. He is their chieftain. He is the chieftain of the Aesir. He led them in wars before. He is knowledgeable. He is well-versed in every, all that stuff. And the rest of the Aesir serve in Asgard under him by that title alone. Now, we can discuss titles and timelines and all that other shit later, but in title alone, he is their king. You get where I'm going with this? So if Odin said, we are binding Fenrir, there's not another choice. This is what's going to happen. Now, so he's in a spot, well, my friend is going to be bound till Ragnarok comes by this prophecy, whether Tyr knew the prophecy or not is entirely up for debate. Odin's the only one that knew that prophecy and who he told is entirely up to him. And the stories that we don't have. That's the other part that I just realized after saying it, is we don't know who of the Aesir actually knows of this prophecy except for Odin himself. And whoever Odin told the entire thing to. But my point is, now Tyr is in this spot where he's going hypothetically, sitting here looking at it going, okay, my good friend is about to be bound by my king's order. What can I do to show that I still care about my friend, one, and follow my king's order and not get ostracized for it and get treated potentially like Loki already had and bound to a stone by his child's guts? Potentially. We don't know where Loki is in this. He could be off fucking with Heimdall. He could be bound to a stone right now. Who the fuck knows? In the timeline order, all this bullshit. He could be just wandering out being Jotunheim, doing whatever the fuck Loki does. Everywhere and nowhere. Yeah. Um, so now, Tyr's in a spot where he's looking at his friend being bound, and they've tried this three times and made a game of it before. But now his friend is getting concerned. Now Tyr has to juggle, like Rain Raven has said, friendship over the Aesir. The order of a king versus his friendship. Who else would let Fenrir do that? Nobody, because it is unjust. In Tyr's opinion, it probably is unjust. But the chieftain of the gods just said, get wrecked, this has happened. Now, we know Odin's not a great... Okay, yep, I'm saying it. Odin's not a great dude. He fucks up and causes issues a lot. He makes split-second decisions that fuck with things. He breaks things down to a point where everything turns into fucking chaos. 
So more than like, in my opinion, in my very humble opinion, that's why Tyr put his hand in Fenrir's mouth was to one, show his friend that he still cared and possibly still uphold his duty to Odin as the chieftain of the Aesir. Okay. Login points. Maybe two counters, but I love what was said. Um, okay. Okay, let's go. No, I'm not gonna. I'm trying to eloquently state my thoughts, and it's painful. Um, okay. So he will follow. Tyr would follow the leader of his, uh, we'll say, family pack, whatever realm, uh, species, whatever you want to call it, right? Over the friendship of Fenrir. And I think, and this is going to be a plug for some stupid media crap or whatever else, uh, if you played Assassin's Creed Valhalla, it is a insanely amazing intrinsic moment where you actually experience these moments of like being raised up into this dangerous being and I haven't played in a long time and I haven't beaten it yet and I love that game but there's a certain part where if you take enough drugs in the game you go to Asgard and you do this shit it's crazy um, anyway so here would have said I raised this pup love this pup Odin said he's a threat it's my obligation to make sure he is not one via these actions, from what I'm understanding. Okay, so the leader of his dynamic group tells him to do tribe. something and he betrays his friend. What was that? Just say tribe. It's the tribe of the Aesir. Okay, so he chooses the tribe of the Aesir over his friend. Why the fuck wouldn't Fenrir choose the tribe of his family over his friends of the Aesir if he was nurtured? He is. So if he was nurtured by the Aesir, he wouldn't have chosen his tribe of Loki to betray them because they're friends? No, in the end, he is. In the end, my Okay, so my point here is... Okay, let's circle this all back. I get what you're saying. He is what? What do you mean he is? He, he, he chooses the family pact over the friend pact, just like Tyr did. Yes. So if that never happened, and that same thing was just, Fenrir would have still chosen his family over his friend. We're playing the what-if game. We are. Right. Of course we are. Yeah. I'm saying what if, what if or, uh, Forsetti had anything to say in this? Tyr is the god of just or justice, not the god of judgment. So let's say Forseti saw all this happen and determined Odin should die because of this betrayal. And that's why he died. Yeah, but at the same time, who knows about the prophecy? Everyone, Odin could have just been like, hey, so I know some things are going to happen. I think this is the correct way to go for our, um, you know, for our safety. And Tyr would have been like, all right, King, I see that, you know, it sucks that, you know, someone has to get disciplined, but in the end, it's for the greater good for more people. So it's uh, uh, for the population against one. 
I just want everyone to do this full scale of like how bizarre it is that I'm defending the Loki tribe. Oh, 100%. percent great. It's like my favorite thing because at the end of this thing, I'm like, fuck that family. But like, it's great <laughs> to me. I just like love. I just love the process because I fucking hate the outcome. But so this is great. <laughs> I want to add one one more point to this before I shut the fuck up because I've been going off. Um, up until the point of his final binding, he had never farmed any of the Aesir. He had never shown that level of aggression. He had never shown that he was a threat to them until he was bound. Right. Pit bulls are only aggressive if they have their owners that make them aggressive. Right. So, the Aesir made him aggressive. Huh. In th- okay. in this circumstance, in this scenario, the one that is written, the one that's recorded, in all the knowledge we know, yes, he will choose his family over all of them. However, if he was never bound, if he was never tied to those stones, if he never got put in that situation, I still believe he would have chose to side with the Aesir and fought alongside his now brother that is Tyr. And if Loki got the first drink of every droplet after Odin, we wouldn't have Ragnarok. I disagree still. In the end, regardless of whatever happens, whether Odin was kind, bounded him, or tossed him in Kanunagap, in the end, Fenrir was going to eat Odin. That was, was prophesized. All right, so to all our listeners, this is the kind of shit that Gothar get into, and we will go about this for the next three years. Yeah, I didn't even bring up, you know, Ragnarok. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't even bring up Ragnarok, because I have a whole different belief of when Ragnarok starts. I agree, actually. I... I feel like Rain Rave and I actually might get along with a Ragnarok theory, which is weird and temptingly Unless curious, you changed so yours, I we have different. Listen, I adapt, I don't stay still. So hey, I have I'm, a lot of things yeah. I research. No, no, no. I'm so like, all right. Unless anyone else wants to cover over Fenrir. No, I don't oh, yeah. I just want to tell all our listeners, we will still do this. And this will be a recurring topic for us for like the next three to four years of Minimum. us just going back and forth. No, I'm going to give us a month and I'm going to make our students fucking fight this fight for us. <laughs> I'm too lazy for this shit. I want them to figure it out. No, I'm coming directly after you at this point. This is war. You bound me. You're the <laughs> one that started this. We're fucking going now. Okay? I need to fit, and I've got people to stand in front of me, motherfucker. I'm not Odin. I'm getting swallowed whole. There's someone in front of me. I got an appetizer before the main course. <laughs> Good. At least it's just an appetizer. I'll still be hungry at it. it they could be fattening. Okay. He's from hey, the hey, south. Hey. He's big. Right, Raven. What was the other thing? So <laughs> you want to break up? So Ragnarok. All right, we. Uh, Sufiter, you said, you know, <clears throat> the cocks crow, um, Nagafar gets, uh, chains broke and gets set free. Loki breaks his from his chains and, uh, the horns are blown. Okay. 
the so, gist. Real quick correction. Nagelfar was... Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, sorry. I was thinking Nidhogg. I was like, whoa. No, no, no. Right. Garm. Garm. Yeah, so I, I also Garm. forgot, forgot Garm. Loki breaks the binding. Nagelfar is set loose from the docks of hell. And... Um, Garm is actually... Okay. I kind of want to bring this up with Fenrir because I didn't earlier. Fenrir doesn't break his chains. He's set free. I've heard an entirely different story. It's either Fenrir or Garm. They literally get it taken off of them. Because how the fuck would Fenrir break his chains if he can't break his chains? Uh, this, I, the same reason under, runes have to get re-embodied. The magic. I'm understanding that a child removes the binding. I've heard both of they break and they get set free. No. For both. There's only a few kids that are mentioned in Asgard. I've never heard of a kid. Oh, I heard it was a child who said it free. Because they didn't know any better. Because I know uh, Loki, I want to say, did, like, from my research, Loki did Fenrir's, and then an individual did Garm's. Oh, I've never heard Loki did Fenris. I've heard a child of Asgard. Now, mind you, there's like three ever um, sets Fenris free because it's like a child coming across a big husky. It's like, oh, that's so cute. I want to play with this. And they go, and that's Ragnarok. But that may have been Graham as well. I'm not 100%. I have heard a child. I, I heard a child set Fenris free. And I can research the fuck out of it like the simulator is going to do. Uh, I can't now, but I will. Uh, <laughs> but anyways. Again, only, so many children were mentioned. I, and that was, sorry, that was my little plug. Yeah. Like, I kind of wanted to mention earlier, totally forgot until this came up. No, you're I good. I heard he was free because of not his own unbinding, because of another person unbinding them. I never heard the Loki unbound him, though. Yeah, that, you know, that was one of the, the ones where I did. It was Loki finally broke through his chains and... Um, he set set his uh, son free, and uh, Nagalfar met both of them at the the valley. But anyways, so did Ra or uh, Garm break his chains? Is that the case then? Yes, Garm breaks his fetters and runs free. Yeah, that okay. is right. Poetic. I'm looking to see if it ever mentions how Fenrir gets loosed. I'm checking. Give me I knew one of them broke free, and it's. Garm, that makes sense. Garm, I've always heard, breaks, freezes, bindings, or is fucking whatever, fetters, or whatever you want to call it. That's all. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to tangent. I know no, we're going in a different direction right now. We're not trying to redirect, but I heard that, and I'm like, oh, shit, I wanted to read that. But like, <laughs> he was set free by... I've always heard it was set free by a child because no aceator in the right mind or adult would have let that free. And a child in their innocence would have let the dog free that is so kind and subdued that it couldn't possibly cause harm. I mean, Fenrir could have, you know, as we know, like he's at this point, Fenrir's pissed. He can't rape, but, he can't wait to get revenge. So oh, he's, yeah, he's sure. playing the game of, you know, if it is a child. That's what I'm saying. Hey, I'm hey saying little girl. Hey, you want you want to play? I, you know, you throw a ball, I'll go get it. You know, play the little game and be like, psych. What if Little Red Riding? What if Little Red Riding Hood is just Fenrir eating Odin? 
wild. Not like they didn't steal every other fairy tale out of our lore. <laughs> I'm just saying. But child forest by wolf. Yeah. So you have all those different defining factors of when Ragnarok happens. But one that gets forgotten is Fimblewinter. And that's where I think Ragnarok starts is because if you don't know, Fenrir's children eat the sun and the moon. That's why they constantly go in the circle, uh, getting uh, running away from the, the wolf's mouths. And there ends up being three winters with no summer in between. And then once that happens, then the cocks crow and all the other stuff happens. So for me, Ragnarok starts at the moment of Fimblewinter. Because it's the leading up of event that leads up to Ragnarok. I can't say I know or determine or... I don't have a concept. I've never thought about, like, the singularity. But to me, it would make most sense, like what you just said, the singularity of Ragnarok, or the beginning of Ragnarok, whatever, would be when the wolf finally catches up with the chariot. See, like, of all the things that happen, just like you said, when yeah. the, the moon or the sun is eaten, it's the only thing to me that makes the most sense that everything is somewhat bound, set stone, prevented, but there's always this movement. And that's why we have our, um, what was that shit? Was that the, to the cover the, the cycle? Moon oh, the eclipse? Yeah. So I have eclipses, so I have these things, it's because the constant change of pace. And the eclipse is when the two brother, this brother and sister, pass by each other, and they keep moving in separate, separate directions. I don't have any. I have zero bait or what the fuck in, or uh, investment in what starts it. But to me, it makes the most sense. Just like you said, it starts when one of the chariots, at least, is consumed. See, that's funny because that's we've I, had this exact conversation and you argued that when the horns are blown, because then that's when everyone starts marching. Okay, first of all, don't you dare. He's got a hard on for Heimdall, okay? Calm down. <laughs> okay, so I just dug into this. One, in the Prozetta, it says that after Fimblewinter and after the sun and moon are swallowed by the two wolves, the whole earth will shake with the mountains. They will start to shake. The trees will loosen from the ground and mountains will fall and all fetters and bonds will sever and break. Then the Fenris wolf will break free. The sea will surge onto land as the red serpent rides in giant fury and advances upon the land. Then also the ship Nagelfar loosens from his moorings. Stephen, real quick, sorry. Uh, reference and point. What was it again? I'm sorry. Rosetta. Um, Shit. Now you're gonna again. Sorry, I, I just wanted to catch up. Page 72 in this one. Oh my god, I turned to 71. That's so hot. I'm there. Right, let's try to figure out, you know, um, what so poem it is. We're reading, okay, in case anyone's curious, we, we uh, are reading the Penguin Classics of the Snorri's. Rosetta. Thurlton. Uh, yeah, it's the Rosetta. 
but it's from it's from the penguin classics version so i love it's, penguins so this like i've always bought this for no apparent reason those penguins and i love it. it's been like a mainstream thing this is my favorite thing ever so the Sorry. poem is gilfanging that's all i wanted to reference it was that's Gilfanging, page 71 uh chapter 51 the high one reveals the events of ragnarok now, what I'm reading out of is obviously it goes through on the top paragraph of that where Fimble Winter happens. The sons of man will kill brothers. Brothers will kill brothers. Father nor son will be spared from the killings. Blah, 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 whatever. Super cool. Um, the wolf, wolves will fall, swallow the sun and the moon is at the bottom of that page. And then at the very bottom paragraph, it goes into the whole earth together with the mountains will start to shake so that the trees will loosen from the ground and mountains will fall and all fetters will snap or sever and break. And then it references Fenrir breaking free from his chain. So, you know, yeah. go ahead, Secretary. The horn or the breaking? The breaking. Try again. Read it again. What comes first? Heimdall's horn or the breaking? God, that was hot. I did it too. Um, While you're looking that up, I something... try to be sexy. And I like, laugh inside of my own fucking wine <laughs> for, for reference, it says all fetters will be broken. It's not referencing just Midgard. Now you know the mounds are shaking and everything. It is referencing Midgard, but it says all fetters, meaning you know it. Could been all within Midgard or all within the cosmos. The horns blow afterwards. What is Sybil's prophecy? That's a stanza from within the poetic in the Voluspa, which is also Sybil's prophecy, that is referenced there to state the above facts, not in the story that you're reading. Sybil's prophecy is more than one. Yes. But we just stated that climbed up lows laterally. Page 72. They're actually almost at the bottom, two paragraphs from the bottom of the page. As these events occur, Heimdall stands up and blows the Yala horn with all his strength. So it's simultaneously. You know what? I agree with you. Mm. I disagree, Fimblewinter. Fucking what the <laughs> Fimble Winter isn't the start of shit. Yes, it is. It's just I agree with this asshole, and you say, yeah, I don't agree. I'm done. I'm out. I, Ragnarok, the event of Ragnarok, you know, the events leading up to Ragnarok, it starts with Fimble Winter. Everything else has a set point. Fimble Winter is the only defining factor. It's the one that's in change. That's the only one that can happen today, tomorrow, whatever. But everything else is set, you know, the, and, and the, the chains get broken so three years after the start of Fimble Winter, so it's already in a timeline. That's where time okay. is linear for everyone. Now, and, and what is the cause of that winter? The sun and the moon getting eaten. Okay, so that would be the start of. It. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, Fimble Winter. I'm not deterring. I'm just, I'm just asking. The start of it is the is the cut. Consuming of the chariots and the children yes. outside. Yes. 
that's my defining factor of when Ragnarok happens. That's I don't s- disagree. I don't I'm disagree. Saying- I would debate it, but sure. No, see, and I don't know if I would even debate it. Like, I, I get it, because, like, three cocks pro at Ragnarok, or the summoning of Ragnarok. Now, the, 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 when the battle starts. Okay, there, there's the distinction I was looking for. When the fighting starts, yes, three cock crow, the yellow horn is blown, the shit breaks for you, the fettered break. Yes. What leads up to that happening is Fimble Winter. So if that's what you determine as the start of Ragnarok, sure. And that's where I debate. Because I don't see Ragnarok starting until those battles begin and the fetters are broken and Cert and his host ride through. Yeah. That's the start of Ragnarok to me, not Fimble Winter. See, where, okay. when I see Fimble Winter, I say uh, Ragnarok is upon us. It's not okay. now, but it's happening. Okay. Okay, so I... <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with Rain Raven. Okay. When the winters take place, it is the summoning or the creation or the fucking prelude of Ragnarok. Now, Ragnarok, again, sons of bitches, we already earlier, is the twilight of the gods, not the act of the end of the world. I can't Ragnarok agree with that. Is not, Ragnarok is not cert. Cert is cert. Ragnarok is not cert. It's the twilight of the gods. That's it. Cert is not the end of Odin. Cert is not the end of Fenrir. Cert is not the end of Njord. Cert ends like a billion people, but there's like 10 we can name that he does not kill, so that cannot be the end of the god. He is a vessel of destruction that cannot be prevented because of some Vanir's dick, but at the same time... No, we all love that. But at the same time, Ragnarok is the twilight or ending of the gods' life. It's not the ending of everything. It's just the gods. And again, this sounds super weird to say the Gothi, but they're just the gods. Right. Okay. So I want you to read page 72 one more time. Holy crap. Around the middle of the page. Hmm. Should you read it out loud? Amid this... Di- oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay, so, right there, hold on. I swear to God, if you say amid this din, the sky splits, I'll kill you. I will drive 13 hours and strangle you. I will hear the failure of this shit, and I will end my life on this. I'm about to do it, so get wrecked. Um, I'll see you soon. Amid this din, the sky splits apart and ride the sun's muscled. Cert comes first, riding with fires burning both before and behind him. He is part of Ragnarok. Oh, no, 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 100%. He is a part of it. But he is not Ragnarok. We are arguing that he's not only, he's not the only thing that is Ragnarok. He is the finality of Ragnarok. After the fight among the gods, after all of those things have occurred, he is the one that wipes the slate clean. Let me ask you something. What happens after Ragnarok? Some of the Aesir, and probably the Vonir, hypothetically, we don't know, survive it. Then that is the finality of Ragnarok. Correct. 
but that's after the Battle of Ragnarok. That is the new beginning of things. That is the Twilight of the Gods takes place referring to Ragnarok. That is not the final act. That is not. That is not the. That is not Ragnarok. You're saying the final notion of Ragnarok is uh, is that everyone dies, but they don't all die. Not so all of them. The twilight of the gods. It's the start of a new cycle. But it's oh, only... the same gods that existed before. Yes. Just as Buri existed in the ice before Emir was created. They're still there. Buri was still... I almost did something so inappropriate, I couldn't even say it on this podcast. You almost got mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're all in agreement, and we're all all just trying to pick each other's brains and uh, defend the needles within the haystack. Yes. (laughs) but in the end Ragnarok is just the cycle that's all it is it's the end cycle now what the Gothar are discussing it's whether when does Ragnarok the cycle end it's where Nidhogg okay that's another thing is Nidhogg okay okay yeah variable (laughs) I thought we were talking about Fenrir what's happening so, I remember it was like three discussions ago, okay? I will. <laughs> yeah, so it's whether, you know, Sert plunges his sword, Nidhogg cleanses, or um, the, the new cycle begins with the new Pantheon. Oh, my wolf is so mad right now. This is great. He is so frustrated. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, for those of you watching, this is amazing because he does this very occasionally, and it's one of my favorite pastimes is to get him to this spot. <laughs> it's mostly when uh, we're helping our students and we're like, all right, just give me a second. I got to research some shit because I'm going down a rabbit hole and I can't control. Right now, too, and I fucking, he's either sending us a direct message <laughs> saying the things he wants to say or he's researching something. But no, I could I could see Nidhogg, but I would also say that that is after the events of Ragnar. He's cleaning up after. I'm, I'm undecided of my defining end of Ragnarok. So here's the crazy part, is it's this scale of things. Are you bringing your... Oh my god. <laughs> you bring yours, I'll bring mine. Did you just call back up? Like, what are you doing? What? Oh, I didn't realize I put it in there. Shit, it was meant for you too. <laughs> Dude, so many go here, I'm so confused. Uh, so four. <laughs> uh, well, sorry, only one. Oh, only sorry, one is going to be confused. Go ahead, sorry. So here's what I would say with what starts Ragnarok, what ends Ragnarok. It's this massive grayscale of what starts and ends it. And in reality, it's up to the individual to decide that um, for 100%. them in their mind. So I would say it's immediately after the battle is done and Sir wipes the slate clean. I would say that's the end of Ragnarok. And then Nidhogg cleaning up the battlefield. Um the remaining Aesir gods coming back to the Golden Hall on Ithaplane. Yeah, it's Ithaplane, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So with Nidhogg, 
would Nidhogg be the start of the new cycle? I would say he is the cleaning agent to... He's the room service maid person that comes into the hotel room after you leave and, like, fixes everything and, like, picks up all the crap you left and cleans up. Do you but, mind? It's more like... It's more like... You gotta pick up corpses and I can't think of it right now. That's Nidhogg. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying Nidhogg's, like, the, uh... Shit, there's a name for it. Or cor- corpse gobbler. Yeah, I mean, hot, but no, but like <laughs> it's close to that. It's it's it's. It, I swear, it was like a it was like a medieval reference, and I'm so mad I can't remember right now. It was like a a reference to collecting the dead, not like a witch doctor, not like this kind of shit. There was somebody that like not a mortician or a practitioner. I thought there was something that would collect the dead. Uh, What's called a fairy? I mean, I agree with what you're saying. I agree with everything. I think Nidhogg is the he's the janitor of the battlefield. Apparently, like yes. what he is, like he he consumes and swallows, which brings up like a thousand other questions to my mind. But whatever, but that's what I think. What did you say? I didn't even look at what you said. Now I'm curious. You don't. I almost said it out loud. So hard. I had the same thought, so don't feel bad. I'll yeah. say it. I don't care. It's gonna feel bad. It's gonna feel great. Hey, uh, so I'm undecided of where I would plant when Ragnarok ends. Like I said, it's this massive grayscale of yeah. events. It could be decided anywhere as to when that happens, and I went with the in the chronological order of how Ragnarok's supposed to go, I say it's when Cert buries his sword and finishes that battle and completely wipes the slate clean, essentially, but not completely. It's like a little toddler scraping their plate into the trash. He misses some grains of rice and some other shit, but... I could see that. You know, the Twilight of the Gods, you know, the Battle of the Gods, he's the final blow for the battle. What happens to Sir when it ends? He goes back to muscle. So, uh, okay. That's uh, that's for the next cycle to figure out. Not yeah, me. That's that, dude, I don't know. I just yeah. assume he goes back to muscle. That, that that argues the point of where he is now, and we're not going to do that. So that's fine. Which is in muscle. What uh, the? F- that, oh. We're not going. Nope. 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 Why wolf? Shut up. <laughs> Why wolf? Shut up. I know exactly where you're going, White Wolf. Shut up. He's gonna be up your ass if you don't knock it off. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I won't bury that sort of deep. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I find this funny. We were supposed to answer like multiple questions. We only answered answered one. We didn't answer one, motherfucker. We just argued about question. Well, it you know his. What was the question? All right, I'll bring up the question again. Oh my God. I want you to read it verbatim because this is yeah. ridiculous. So I'll read the question verbatim. Okay, I'll tell you what, here's what's going to happen. You're going to read it verbatim. You, as a smart individual, will answer it first. Idiot will answer it second. Dumbass will answer it third. <laughs> That's how we're going to go. <laughs> so the question stands 
I just need to vent real quick. We all know that Fenrir is destined to kill Odin and bring destruction to the world at Ragnarok. But to be honest, I honestly felt sorry for him. Fenrir was not an animal like his little brother Jormagandr, but a wolf who could think and talk like the gods who took him into their hall and all of the gods. Tyr was one of was the one who treated him like the son he never had, despite being the son of a god who was a wolf in sheep's clothing. Fenrir could have been a great ally like his half-brother Sleipnir and maybe prevent the prophecy of his future from happening, but Odin was so scared that he did what he thought would guarantee the safety of his people. Unfortunately, he just made it worse and didn't know it. Fenrir was then betrayed by Tyr, who is probably his only friend and father figure, and after being strapped in chains and abandoned on an island, he finally became the monster he was foretold to be. Of course, he did not have a temper which was probably inherited from, or he did have a temper which was probably inherited from his father, Loki. If none of that ever happened, then Fenrir would have been remembered as a gentle soul, but now we see him as a wolf who is treated like a monster. Mine, my answer is, it was going to happen regardless. It was fated. Whether he was going to be treated kindly or, um, you know, if he was going to be raised within the Asgard, among the Aesir tribe, or if he was bound or thrown in Gap or thrown in Jotunheim, whatever. Eventually... Fenrir was going to eat Odin because that was prophesized. And I find calm in that. Go ahead, Sigvadir. Hi, I'm idiot. Dumbass will go next. Um... <laughs> okay. So, one, I don't think he would be ever regarded as a gentle soul. Just saying. But that's me personally. I don't think he was ever gentle. I don't think he caused harm to anybody. But yeah, anyways. That, that, was, the, that was the question. I was reading okay. verbatim. All right, perfect. You did great. Proud of you. Um, I am of the opinion that if he was not bound, he would have been an ally to the Aesir during Ragnar. Um, purely based on a self-fulfilling prophecy nature of things with Odin binding him. I see it that way. Now, that gets into a whole bunch of other things with prophecies and whatnot. I personally do not believe that prophecies are written in stone, per se. Um, I think we are destined to die on a specific day, but the manner in which we die is entirely up for debate. Whether that's peacefully in our sleep or before our time, somewhere, somehow, it is written and woven that way. So I don't believe that Fenrir was predestined to kill Odin. I think that could have been changed and he could have been an ally to the Aesir during Ragnarok. Europe. Fucking Asia? What do you mean Europe? Hold on. I'm doing some shit. He said Europe, right. not Europe. Uh, so, it's a, <laughs> it's, a shitty, it's a shitty dad joke my family does. You say, 
we're playing games together. We just look at each other and eat Asia. And what the fuck? You're up, asshole. So that's boy. Um, okay. So like a thousand things just triggered in my mind while you were talking. Um, shocking, I know. I want to get this as artfully and peacefully as possible, but I'm going to try to tell you my thoughts. Okay. It ain't going to happen. Right, it's not going to happen. I believe that Odin is scared of nothing outside of his own mortality, which represents himself through Fenrir. Now, we know that Odin or Fenrir being betrayed on an island. Now to really take part in that, on where in Asgard is a fucking island. So, there's a few different things. With, now that's a big reference. That's not even like slightly. Like, that's not even like a really like obscure thing. Ams Vartnir, A-M-S-V-A-R-T-N-I-R, is a fucking, fucking island in pure blackness where in asgard is pure black there isn't any okay okay so i'm gonna get so i think the questionnaire that comes from this i truly believe it i'm not going to try and disregard but i'm going to kind of shit on a little bit i think this question came very heavily from a video game because everything that was stated is almost verbatim or referenced in, again, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Hold on one second, I'm blurred. So, in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you have to travel to the island, you have to do these things, you have to do these consequences to have this timeline take place. Now, I believe there's a big mix for representation, but also an accurate portrayal of what takes place. Now, the misrepresentation of who, what, when, or how, why, but the accurate portrayal of what actually happens, right? Um, so, and the island that represents is in total blackness. Now, this is often represented as saying Fenrir is then cast out to Muspelheim or Hell out of Asgard. Is when you ever heard Asgard having darkness? Never, right? So this island, Amsvartnir, is in total darkness. He could never have been bound in Asgard. Which Asgard is known as the Shining City. So this question turns about a different point of reference, of saying he was raised in Asgard and taken out somewhere else. Now, in my own little brain, Heimdall's mothers have been raised of the nine realms, the nine seas, and it's essentially a realm of pure darkness. Because there's no sun, there's just ocean. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. It's a quick reference. Read a book. Um, outside of that, I don't believe... At this point, if you're referencing the question to have that point, you can believe, one, he's in Asgard, and two, he is back. If you're asking that question of those terms, he is in an island, 
in pure darkness, which does not exist in Asgard. I'll just go ahead. Okay. One, the island that you're referencing is surrounded by the Ironwood. The Ironwood is referenced to be just outside of Niflhel. Right. So not Asgard. No. Right. I don't want to, I want to ask the question, because I don't want to disregard the concept. You want to answer the question, not ask the question. The question is bound by Ubisoft logic. It's pure generated by video game. That's it. Where you all found Finner has been bound. So, here's the kit. Like, I'm just going to say this one thing, and why, Wolf, you can finish, because we're near the end of the time. Just because he was bound, does, does that mean he had to stay there where he was bound, or could he have been transported? Yes. Do you think he would have been transported? He could have. Can you imagine taking Graham into a different kennel? Or farm? Sorry. No, I'm just saying. You know, it's a... Okay. I'm just saying. It's, you know, it's a possibility. I can answer this. <laughs> he did not move because the lodestones that he was tied to were plunged so deeply into the earth that they could not be moved. And that is why he is still bound to that spot. And in case you're curious about volcanoes, look that up. Also, my counter-argument is if Thor was... And this is so much deeper than I want to get to. If Thor was present during this time and he was following the will of the gods, why would he have not knocked him out like he did to Jormungandr to knock out Fenrir to bind him? Because Fenrir was not an enemy to the Aesir until after he was bound. He was an enemy before, and that's why they bound him. Nope. He was an enemy to Odin, maybe not the yes. Aesir. Enemy to Odin, because he was feared. If Odin told Tyr to sacrifice his hand, why wouldn't he tell Odin or T uh, Thor to throw a hammer? Because he fucking didn't. I don't know. Okay, on this train of logic, why didn't he just have Thor kill the bitch? Because Loki was, was prophesized. He was prophesized. So that brings into question Odin's logic behind keeping the wolf alive, knowing that Ragnarok would happen and he would get eaten. Which is a totally different thing, but we're running really short on time at this point. Right. I digress. Throw the questionnaire. I try to write it down. I remember all of it. Gentle, uh, y'all, mental, gentle soul. I believe he's just because he's fluffy. He's not <laughs> nice. He's a fluffy panda. He's like the biggest Malamute husky. They will rip your throat out for no reason. Uh, I still believe that if we talk about an island, we talk about a certain thing, we are no longer talking about the aspects of the gods or where they hold him. Now, if we find proof to him being held in an island of pure darkness, we are no longer or no longer finding the actual representation of Fenrir being bound to Asgard. And if some of us 
have been here before, we have found that some islands are not bound to Asgard, but are bound to other realms. So, if it's a realm of pure darkness, and once Ragnarok happens, and Jormungandr pollutes the sky into darkness from his venom, then that island would be bound by darkness, but not currently is. So is he bound to an island that, in Fortune's Told, will be in darkness, or is currently in darkness? Okay. Can't wait to hear your answer. I know you can't. You're so mad at me right now, and I love it. <laughs> I've irritated you to a specific point tonight, and it's great. All right. I'm, I'm, I got like 30 minutes. I'm good. Okay. So, as we talked about, the island that you referenced, say its name again if you can, if you wrote that down. Because I can't remember. I was muted. Sorry. Ams Vartnir. A M S A R T N I R. Reference to be surrounded by the Ironwood. Some people consider it a lake, some people consider it an ocean, whatever, doesn't matter. He's on an island. The Ironwood is referenced to be near Niflhel, or his sister's realm of responsibility. Okay. It is also referenced in the Voluspa that he guides Nagalfar, the ship, to Asgard. So I was never under the impression that he was in Asgard to begin with. Did I just break your brain? Okay. Nah. I just figured something out. You're good. Keep going. Yeah. So, yeah, I never thought he was in Asgard to begin with. Yeah. He was never bound in Asgard. In fact, we've had conversations where we proved that incorrect to begin with, potentially. So, yeah. That answers that one. What was the other thing? I don't remember. I don't care. Go read a book, as White Wolf says. Yeah, the the moral of the story is, you know, you can play Assassin's Creed Fall, you can play God of War. They're each all going to have their artistic um, exaggerations. You know, God of War has Jormungandr talking, which we do not know if it's true, but also snakes have their own language, so it's purely... Yeah, that whole thing. Um, but I'm cool to your tongue when you talk oh, about yeah. it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love for you to slither into my bed. And then, um, you know, in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you have Fenrir getting bound in Asgard. So there's that whole thing, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. It's a great starting foundation, you know, we all got to start somewhere. You know, some of us started on Vikings, the TV show. Some of us started in Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out, you know, or God of War. At least you started. Now you can grow. And unless anyone has an ending topic, I feel confident in doing the conclusion. A little bit. And I digress. This is merely to support your they're saying even the Gothar who we are dedicated our lives not just our 
free time, not just our part time, not just our weekends. This is our life. Like it sounds ridiculous because we all have jobs. We all have responsibilities in our lives. We have careers. We have things we're doing until we cannot do them anymore and sustain ourselves in this fashion. This is us in our purest of saying, look, we have studied our whole life. We dedicate our life to it. We argue and it's, you better take away it's fun because when you argue to win, you've already lost. When you argue to win, you have then sworn off any possible contradictory thought to yourself. If I tell Sigrid Ufar, fuck you, you're wrong, I have then blocked off every channel of communication that could teach me something. I want everyone to know that as oath-sworn Gothar, we dedicate our lives and training and every moment we have to this. Not just because we, we don't get paid. Not just because we feel like we should be paid to do this. Not just because this should be our calling. It is. This is what we do. This is our life. This is what we do with our livelihood, not our financial stability. This is our life. This is what we do. The moment you have decided you're right and another person is wrong is when you are the most low-wise you've ever been ever and you read a fucking book. So I will always argue. It's my job to. I hate the Loki family. I want them to just rot in the belly of Nidhogg. But I have spent more than half our time arguing for them this day. I know. It's great. But I want everyone to know that we're Gothar. We're human. We understand and we learn. Everyone should. If you think you're above learning, then you're below learning. You're an idiot. You below deserve to be below the roots of all of Yggdrasil, which is Nidhogg. When you say, I'm smarter than you, you've never been more dumb and ignorant. I've had people tell me, and I wholly support them because I've taught them my entire life. I can learn nothing from you. And I'm like, listen, I understand your progression, your growth, and what you've done. I have people that I have learned, progressed, and learned from my entire existence on this realm. And nowhere in my realm of thought have I said, I can learn nothing from you. I can learn from your idiocy as much as your intelligence. So when we talk and we argue, it's not because we disagree. It's because we're growing our own mindset and our intelligence. Don't ever think for one second, because you think you know something, you know something. Because someone can prove you wrong, and you better relish that instead of resent that. And I love that about Ethan <laughs> Yeah, much to the detriment of others, this happens often. Like, it irritates people because we will go like this for hours and hours and hours circling the same thing, but never reaching a conclusion. We and literally have. We've done this. We're learning from each other in a way that apparently most people don't understand because we get heated. It's like Thor and Wonder. Before, because me and Wolf got heated with each other. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. 
Nope. Eight years later, I came back and I was like, thought about this, and it just kept going, and everybody was like, God, what the... <laughs> it's Thor and Yummer man. There's a big-ass serpent. You can catch it on your hook. You're not prepared for it. It's different. Some shit happens. You may dispeed in the end, but you have to learn. Like, if you think you're above, above learning from an individual, I don't care if it's the most asinine theory concept. I've read books that I would never recommend to my most heated people that I don't like. I'm like, look, you can learn something from this. I learned something from this, and I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You learned that it's it, the dumbest thing ever. Oh. I, not, I almost named the book. I mm. almost named the book. Don't do that. I'm not going to. But all right, Why Wolf, cut you off because you talk a lot. Um, so as Why Wolf says, go read a book. That's the conclusion of the new Upsala podcast. Appreciate y'all coming here. We were supposed to answer more more questions, but we only answered one and then went off a rabbit hole and then went off that. So appreciate you guys staying with us. See you guys in the next episode. Thank Enjoy. you.